if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Now today we've got Kerry Thomas. Kerry, I've done a lot of research about him. He's coming from a unique point of view, and he does do a bit of work with race horses, performance horses. But when we look at athletes and we talk about people that continue to go, you know, and even our athletes, equestrian athletes, they might start off and maybe not be the most talented student in the class, but their mindset and their, you know, I'm just thinking their way of being, they're the ones that get to the top. So Kerry's done a lot of research into equine athletic physiology or psychology and herd dynamics. Psychology, yeah. Psychology, yeah. But look, before we start that, I'd like to just remind people about International Horse College. So the podcast is brought to you by International Horse College and the mission of International Horse College is to improve the welfare of horses around the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers. Now, have a look at the wide variety of courses at internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. So how are you today, Kerry? I'm doing good. We are in in our middle of winter time here in the in the east coast of the United States, yep, <laughs> and, yep. and enjoying a every cold January evening. Yes. Okay. And we're in a we're in a warm January um, day. So <laughs> I suppose it's the wonders of the world, isn't it? As it spins around. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, it is. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Is. it definitely. And, and, and before we even start, I wanted to just to let you let you know that we're very very concerned and feel for you uh, on the fires that you're having over there and the devastation and the wildlife and just the, the, the tough times with that. And, you know, we're just, uh, you're, you're in our thoughts even from afar. So we definitely feel for you and, and hope for the best. Kerry, thank you. You know, that that itself means a lot, you know, and there's been a lot of support from around the world and um, it is more than just words, you know, but just the thoughts and the prayers yeah, and everything yeah. that, that go along yeah, with we, it. We yeah. see it on, we see it on the news here, and, and of course we read about it. You know, with, with today's technology, and it makes you feel close. And you know, I have some friends in Australia and, and in that part of the world, and you kind of hear some of the stories. And your, your heart pours out. You know, we have mm. we, we're we're in the horse industry, but we're all you know we're sharing the planet. We're 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 still human beings, and we gotta you know I think human compassion can go a long way. Yes, 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 and thank you, Kerry. Yeah. Look, there's one of the things that I do normally ask people when they come on, and that is their favourite quote. So this favourite quote could be something that you normally say to people, you hear yourself saying again and again, or it could be just something that's inspired you or influenced you with horses. Have you got something that you'd like to talk about there? Yeah, you know, I, I, there, there's a lot of things along the way, of course, when you're growing up and you, you hear different things. But I, I have a very, I was very fortunate to have a wonderful parents, and I'm the youngest of three boys in the family. Mm-hmm. And my my father passed away in 2001. But when we were growing up, you know, he instilled in us uh, mental fortitude and, and just uh, you know personal accountability. And he would always say uh, at different times when. You know, when you're a kid or you're, you're playing a sport and you're ready to throw your hands up and quit, you know, and, and my dad would say, well, you know, everybody can quit, boy, but not everybody moves on. Mm. And it's up to you to make it's up to you to make that choice. And, you know, that's something that as a child or a teenager, you just kind of like, eh, you know, it's just adult talk. I don't want to hear about it. But then when you reflect back on it, and especially when you're an entrepreneur in, 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 a, in any business, but you 
you face a lot of tough times and you it's it's easy to throw up your hands and and, and walk away but uh I, I can hear my dad saying that to this day and it uh it's very profound just to in, in the horse business or just in life in general. So for me, that's one of the core things that kind of sticks with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Now, your family background is with horses. I think you, your grandfather had horses, or what's the story there? <laughs> my, my my grandfather was, uh, he, he liked to bet the horses. Oh, and he liked okay, to watch so what it is, okay. Uh, the fox hunts and the steeplechases and things like that. And, you know, I grew up in a, in a rural, rural part of Pennsylvania, and mm-hmm. I'm not too far from the city of Philadelphia by reference point. And around here, growing up, there's there's we have the Amish that have used teams of horses for the field, and and, all, and there are our neighbors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have lots of jumpers and, and hunters and things like that in the area. So we didn't have horses in my family growing up. Um, we had raccoons and different kinds of wildlife. Yeah, <laughs> yep. kind of like the menagerie, you know, like like the country folk. But uh, I was always around horses, and you know, my passion for for animals was always there. And then as I got older, my passion for horses just kind of took off. Mm-hmm. I, I like that your grandfather liked the, the gambling. I think my grandfather did too, but he he was horses as well, you know, so he sort of had horses but also yeah. liked the, the, the gambling. Yeah, yeah. But the career. He, he, would me, he would put me in his truck and say, now, boy, don't you tell your pop. Don't you tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. It was really yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, tell me about, you know, like your your research. What started that? Tell us a little bit about the research and what you've done with your herd dynamics, you know, what we should be looking at there, and how it started. Well, I, I can tell you that if, if you would have told me when I was – I'm 50 years old, and if mm-hmm. you would have told me when I was 17 that I was going to be have a career in horses, I would have told you you were crazy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I had a my, – my passion – was really for field research, and I was very fascinated with the predator-prey interactions in nature. And I had this crazy dream when I got out of high school that I wanted to be uh, a wildlife researcher, you know, in the back of my mind. And I was very interested in studying those dynamics and that relationship. And through the course of, of several years and opportunities, I, I got a chance to study wildlife in, in nature. And, and my, my first passion was, was cats. I wanted to study big mountain lions we have here out in the American West, mm-hmm. the big mountain lion cats, the perfect predator, if you will. And I got fascinated with, with how herd animals like elk and deer, and oh, by the way, there's wild horses out West, these Mustang herds. Mm-hmm. How did they survive um, in this predator-prey relationship? And I got really fascinated with the horses because, of course, there's domesticated horses. And I never really gave it much thought about wild horses. And when I made that kind of discovery, like, oh, my gosh, how, how these animals are living devoid of human contact. Um, they don't need people. Yep. <laughs> and how do they do it? And that's and that's kind of how it got started, the, the fascination for um, – it wasn't the physical horse that was that fascinated me. Of course, obviously, horses are beautiful animals, but it was the – the behavioral genetics, the herd dynamics, the, the communication, the hierarchy of the herd structure and how they communicated and how that chain of command worked and the intricacies of the, the dependency and the codependency relationships within the herd that allowed the herd to sustain. So that's kind of how, uh, you know, that taking that perspective and studying the offensive and defensive nature of the predator-prey relationship in nature, in the environment, was uh, really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I know that, you know, racing, I suppose, is black and white. You know, it's fitness. It's, you know, it's the fastest horse. But 
in other sports, it relies a lot more on the individual trainer to the point that, you know, the, the horse is, I suppose, racing. And I don't want to put racing down because it is what it is. It's you you go, you stay between these two rails and it's the first past the post, whereas, you know, it's a bit more subjective, say, with a dressage horse or with a show jumping horse, it's, it's or an eventer, mm-hmm. say. Um, but thinking of race horses, we usually go back and say, well, let's have a look at the breeding, okay? So the, the breeding of the racehorses, is there like a special line of um, those mental and emotional capabilities through the breeding or is it the individual horses? What are we looking at? Well, you know, it's it's a combination of those. I look at horses in, in two ways. There's, there's the physical horse yes. and then there's the psychological horse. You know, and when it comes to breeding programs, if, you, if you're not incorporating, if you're just looking at the, the physical genetics. Which is often what the case is, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. So it becomes a crapshoot. Yep. You know, and when I started my business, I, I wanted to well, there's a whole lot more here that's not being, that in my opinion, was underappreciated, underutilized. It's like yep. there's a sensory system that's in play. There's a sensory efficiency, what I call the sensory soundness. The horse's psychology is the is really the operating system of the physical machine. So you can have a lot of physical talent, but if you don't have the mental fortitude or the mental capacity to optimize that, it is really just talent under underutilized and never really truly realized. <clears throat> and I'm like, well, there's a whole other aspect here. The, the physical part of the horse is is what we can see, you know, all those kind of things, and we can check the DNA, but there's a behavioral genetic sequence that also takes place. And there are plants, and there are hand, just like there are physical characteristics that are handed down, there are also mental and behavioral traits and characteristics that are handed down. And I've written a lot extensively about this type of thing in my research papers. And if, if you don't apply psychology and the herd dynamic aspect of the horse, you're leaving, in my opinion, half the horse to chance. Yep. Which is the reason reason why, as you, you know, in a race, there's there's a lot of hard dynamics at play. Because horses are running, they're competing, but they're also communicating. Their the herd dynamic structure begins to shake itself out, especially the longer races. Mm-hmm. And the horses will begin to communicate, and they will, you know, a physically faster horse can defer to a, a physically slower horse if the if the horse competing against them has a higher herd dynamic. They will fall yep. into place because there, there's a there's a dependency, codependency ratio that takes place. And I thought, well, this, you know, I have a passion for, for sports and, and competition and, and athletics and, and and how the psychology affects motion and trainability and stress management and emotional energy distribution. It's all relative to the psychology. And I yep. thought, well, this is what you should be focused on. Mm. And look, I'm aligning this a bit with people. You know, we we um, have oh, yeah. parents that are both athletes in a particular sport, and I'm I'm thinking riding. You know, but um, they've done well. Mm-hmm. They give the opportunities to their children, the encouragement, and the support, and the child goes on. And you know, some of them say, "I want to excel at this. I want to do well." And they've got almost like a leg up. But then you get the others that say. I just want to work at the stables. I just want to work for nothing. I just want to get some more lessons. And they've got, you know, they might come from a very low socioeconomic background, but yet they keep pushing ahead and pushing those opportunities on themselves. And that's that's more right. to do with their um, their psychological state rather than... Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is like, you know, we, we have... 
there, there's a lot of great information, you know, like, like of course, yeah, let me go to a horse, yeah, let's evaluate yearlings or whatever the age mm-hmm. of the horse that we're looking at. Yep. And you, know, you can get a lot of very, and, and I'm not trying to discredit the physical information. It's extremely important and very viable uh-huh. information, yes. okay. but it's not, not the only information. Mm. It isn't the only information that, that's actually influencing outcome, influencing performance. I mean, you can, it's like, it's the difference between a horse looking great in practice, quote unquote. You can go out and you can, you can go to the, the arena and you can do well and you can go to the training center and you can go around the track and you can do your, your you know, your furlong is wonderful. But then when it comes time to competition, that's where the edge of the herd dynamic takes place. You know, there's a lot of people, you know, in human athletics that train the same, a lot of the same training methods, use a lot of the same whatever to prepare, but it's the psychology. When the physical talent is equal, the, psycho- the psychology is what separates those groups. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the same proportions, proportions of social animals, so yeah. the same thing. Yeah. How much of this psychology can be trained? You know, horses worried and not happy when they go to a competition and they're nervous and their um, training goes out the window, basically, you know, because they're just focused on survival. Yet if you continue to take those horses without putting them under pressure to the competitions, you keep them going, they start to relax and um, think, well, this isn't so bad. So can this be trained or can it not be trained or can it, you know, how does training fall into their natural psychology? I, I have a saying that, that I, I say you, when you nurture the horse, you mm. can develop the athlete. Okay. And there's, you know, yep. training is physical, mm-hmm. coaching is psychological. And let's face it, you know, in, in, in the real world, in the real world of nature, uh, around 85% of horses in any, in any given herd are what I, in, in the middle range of the herd dynamic. And what that means to me as a researcher is that these 85% of horses, they're going to have somewhere in their psyche some kind of dependency on something else in the environment to answer the questions that they can't answer, basically, on their own. And as you climb higher in the herd dynamic total, you get to the upper echelon of the five, two, three, four, three, two, one percentage. These horses that, that are more independent, and they do not need any other thing in the environment to interpret the environment. So most of the time, you're going to have horses that are going to have some kind of hole in that psyche that we have to fill in because we're taking them, you know, when you isolate the horse from the herd structure, you're isolating their strengths and their weaknesses. And so when you do that, you become responsible for kind of repairing and, and bridging over those gaps. And you have to learn how to identify what they are. Okay. And they generally will give you indications are going to come from the sensory system mm-hmm. because the horse, just like a horse changes physical leads, they have to change psychological leads. The sensory system will change leads. So it'll go from like a visual aspect to the ear, you know, to the rear feel. It kind of go around them in a circle, so to speak. And they have to be able to hand off that information from space to space to space and have controlled motion. If they can't do that, then we are responsible for filling in that gap. And you can't, so what I'm trying to say is realistically, you can't, you can't train it out of them, mm-hmm. but you can circumvent, you can circumvent the cause and soften its impact. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, 
if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. So if I was looking for a new horse and I'd worked out the type of horse physically that I want, which might be a breed, and um, I can go out to a stud and there might be, you know, all by the same sire, different mares, and there might be just a whole lot of 20 yearlings or 30 yearlings running around by the same sire, mixed mares, mixed, you know, but very, very similar. If we're looking at herd dynamics, what type of horse should I be looking for? Is that a bit of a lottery still? Is there something that I should be looking for in particular with their behaviour, the, the types of things they could do in a certain situation or not, you know? Do we, do we need yeah, to put I mean, them in there, certain there are, situations? There are, yeah, there are there are indicators, and there, there are what what we call here at THD uh, uh, behavioral genetic markers. Mm-hmm. Especially even even at a young age, they're going to have the kind of the, the fundamentals. You know, it's like, like you look at a horse, and you're going to see, well, is, is the knee going to grow straight, or is mm-hmm. it going to grow crooked? You know, is the horse going to toe in as they get taller, or toe out as they get taller, or whatever? So the, the slope of the shoulder. So you're yep. looking looking for, yeah, you're looking for how the, the foundation for the physical growth. Mm-hmm. There's also foundations for the psychological growth. And, of course, the horse is not going to be a complete set, but the puzzle pieces are there. And they're, they're fragmented, but they're there. And, you know, we've looked at over 10,000 horses plus in, in the last how many years. And it's, it's been doing this business since 2008. And our database of, of research to kind of track, you know, what are the earmarks of, you know, the things that you want. If it's going to be a show jumper. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a dressage horse? Going to be a race horse? You know, every 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 discipline has different character traits that they require to be successful. Okay, okay. And yep. young horses, young horses will young horses will have earmarks, and it really is dependent. You know, I always look at the sensory system first, and without trying to give too much weight, and this is what we do for a living here at THD, but there are certain things that you're looking for in the sensory system and their interactions with the environment. And one of the key areas to keep in mind is the interpretation process, because a horse has to, not only the sensory system identify stimulus in the environment, and then that that stimulus has to be funneled into what I call the psychosensory. So it goes into the psyche for interpretation. And that interpretation then dictates physical motion. And that process can, you know, every horse spins mentally at a different at a different rate and so some horses take a little bit longer to mentally cycle information and if their body is moving faster than their psyche they're going to, they're not going to have very good body control mm-hmm. and and that's a very key thing and that's something that's not going to change that the psychological spin will will not change as the horse grows that's kind of the base that's it. That, that's your core yep yep right yeah there's a couple of things that um, particularly you've said, different character traits for different disciplines, which I suppose explains a little bit different. You know, sometimes you see an advertisement from a show jumping yard that, 
you know, this horse will be a good dressage horse. That just means it's a failed show jumper. Or, or from a dressage yard, this horse will be a good show jumper. It's a failed dressage horse. Right. But right. Um, the different character traits for different disciplines, I suppose sometimes, you know, you get horses that have done exceedingly well as equestrian competition horses that are failed race horses. So as a race horse, they didn't have the right character traits, but then they come into a different sport and have the character traits that apply to that particular discipline. Is that right? Am I following you right there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and people talk about you know, how to apply the services that we offer because, you know, on our website, you're going to see mostly thoroughbreds and, and flat racing, but that's only because that's the industry that causes us the most. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. But, our, but, but the herd dynamic evaluations and, and the, the work we do with the horses and identifying these is, is, is about the horse. Mm-hmm. You know, we're about the horse first. The discipline is second. And it doesn't matter. Like, I, I have had the pleasure of working with you know, wonderful dressage horses and, and show jumping horses and, you know, you, you name it, the, the race horses notwithstanding. Um, the evaluation process and, and the traits that we look for, I just put my focus on the strengths needed to fulfill that discipline goal. And, and quite honestly, you know, sometimes you just have to say to someone, this is not the right horse for you. Um, you know, I, I've, I've had people be very disappointed or not even want me to come look at the horse because they were afraid of what I was going to say after they done spent you know a bunch of people on a yep. horse. I'm like, well, you should have got the horse looked at before you invested the money because there is no such thing as a free horse. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, challenges. I'm sure people come along it and with anything. You know, they used to say the world was flat, and when you know someone they started talking about the world being round, a lot of people didn't agree. And, and give people right. challenges. Challenges with your work and with your research, what sort of challenges have people said, no, that's no good, I don't agree? Yeah, tell us a little bit about that, but also how you've overcome it. Well, you know, it, it's interesting because whenever you're whenever you're a new pebble, I always mm-hmm. word it this way, whenever you're a new pebble in an old seasoned pond, um, there's always people look at you with a kind of a sideways glance. Yes. And... They, they, you know, they have a certain way of doing things, you know, and I understand that. And, and all, all I was trying to say, especially in the beginning, was I, what you're looking at is important, but this is also important. And, and these two things really work together. Mm-hmm. And I always found it interesting in the beginning when people talk about, you know, they would talk about the horse so finely about, oh, it goes to the bucket, you know, and I come out and it gets in my pocket. It's got great personality. And I said, yes. So if you think that they don't turn that personality off when they're competing, yes. this is the same quote unquote person. Uh-huh. <laughs> these these character these character traits that are uh, that are influencing the horse's daily life and your interactions with that horse are also influencing that horse in competition and mm-hmm. how they're trained. Mm-hmm. And so to focus on that is important. And, and it's it's the, the difficult part really is taking it from theory and what you're studying, finding ways to apply it. And then, of course, you have to, if you pick out a yearling, how many years you have to wait till that horse goes into competition and, God forbid, he gets injured along the way. And, you know, so you have, yeah. the horse may never even get to the training center, you know, that, you, that you've picked out. Um, but these things have proven themselves out. Uh, we've, we've, we've got some world champions under our belt in the last couple of years alone mm-hmm. um, and just had brought a lot of unique uh avenues of success for our clientele in, in different disciplines. Okay. Um, 
know, and, 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 you know, challenges are also personal as well as professional. That's the professional stuff you can kind of work through. And it just takes time to prove that this, that this is really, you know, viable information. Um, and now we have had a chance to see those successes come to fruition. But at the same time, it's also personal because you're, you're making a tremendous amount of sacrifice and risk. And, and we all do this in our different parts of our lives, you know, but it's just having the, the fortitude to, to keep in the, in the faith and the, and the courage to keep pushing forward, even when your dreams seem the furthest from you. And, and sometimes, you know, circling back to what my dad always said, well, you, anybody can quit, but not everybody can keep going. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm thinking because I know that if we take off that hat and put in another hat, because you're into human horse, emotional wellness therapy. And I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, yes. I'm, I'm reading about a, that once during a horse therapy session that you're involved with, a little girl in a wheelchair with emotional and physical challenges and yourself were working with a sweet old gelding. When the two of them connected, you could see that they understood one another's emotions and the little girl, for the first time in what her parents said was forever, smiled, laughed and cried from joy. So just that one moment of the horse transformed her outlook on life. So I know you get blurry eyes. I almost get blurry eyes, and I'm sure a lot oh, of the yeah, other, yeah, you know, me too. other listeners, you know, that's that's a wonderful connection. Mm. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, for for me, the, the horses are, are so much more than than a winner circle or a ribbon yes. or, or, a, or a picture. You know, hor- horses give us an opportunity as humans to, to to find the best in ourselves because they they reflect human emotions so well, and they, they reflect and absorb. And they're, they're really our emotional communication partners in so many ways. And I, I'm I, my my greatest joy, and, and you know, getting a Breeders' Cup champion, seeing a horse that you picked out as a yearling go on to be a champion and be and go to a stud farm, and all those wonderful things, and it's accolades. They're, they're all nice, but when you see a child and their family. And you see those benefits that you've had a, mm. a chance to be a part of. You know, it, you're you're helping put this together, finding the right horse and matching it with the right with the right child or any any person, like for that matter, of any age. Uh, to me, that that flicker of hope is the greatest gift you can give another person. And horses uh, afford us the opportunity to do that in, in so many ways. And I just wrote a whole piece, uh, a whole new paper on this topic called destination hope <laughs> and it's a, it's a major essay and actually i'm working on some creative content to do a, a tv show about this very mm-hmm. thing um in the future it was one of my one of my projects that i, I want to see come to fruition but it's just to me the horse is our greatest asset the, the discipline the horse is in, is in is is it's all fun and and it's, it's exciting in, in some ways but the horse is the greatest asset, and that relationship is the most beautiful thing that we can have. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. I was going to ask you what you're looking forward to now, you know, what um, what you've got going on in the future. So you've got the TV show that you're working towards. Anything else that we should know about? I mean, you've got to come back and talk to us about that. That would be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, the, so the, the TV show, of course, is something I've just started to work on and mm-hmm. making a few uh, – inroads to that because I, I want to shed a spot on the, the the wellness part of it and especially with with uh non-foster programs that are retraining horses and, and bringing these doing wonderful things uh, that i want to be able to tell their stories i think that's very important so working towards that uh, obviously we keep pushing forward on our research for our services 
yep. and and keeping innovation because I think, you know, especially here in, in the States, and I don't know, I'm sure it's worldwide, but there's a big push, especially in racing, to change the rules and the whip laws and, and the medication laws. And, you know, a lot of people uh, tend to think, well, you know, we're losing our, our competitive edge. And I'm, I'm thinking, no, you're not losing your competitive edge. The, your greatest competitive edge is the natural herd dynamic of the horse. So... To me, you know, that that looking forward, I think it puts an exclamation point on the work that we're doing and that we've been doing all this time. That look, this is where you need to go because this is this is the natural herd dynamic that we're evaluating and we're teaching you how to employ that, you know, for for your goals. So you so you can still make money. Obviously, it's, it's a business, you know. <laughs> um, and that's one thing I'm, I'm, I'm excited about as, as far as I'm glad to see reform being done and more of a light placed upon the horse itself. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and not anti-sport. Not anti it's, not, it's not about that. It needs to be more improved practices and, and husbandry. Um, yes. And, you know, and then as far as I'm, I'm into mental and physical nutrition, I'm, I'm really into nutrition and I've recently partnered with uh, Nature's Way Feed to develop a really awesome organic supplement called uh, Triple R Gold that we'll be releasing here in, in the States. will be available shortly. Okay. And I'm uh, working on, on that here. It's, mm-hmm. That'll be coming out shortly. And, um, and, and possibly a new book is, is also in the future. Uh, I have a book published in 2012. And of course, you know, on the shoulders of that book, you're all advancing your work and advancing your research. And I've been asked, am I going to put another book out? And I am considering that. I'm, I'm doing quite a bit of writing. And I have a column called Carrie's Corner yes, and a website yes. called Pass the Wire. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then, of course, on the blog website. So, you know, I keep writing. And, you know, to me, the future is about just continuing to chase the dream and push the envelope. Yes, yes. I think um, those details for Kerry's Corner and, um, you know, on their website will be on your page, which will be horsechats.com slash Kerry Thomas, or just go to horsechats.com, search for Kerry or search for Thomas. But uh, one thing I did miss, what's the name of the book that you wrote in 2012? Uh, it's called Horse Profiling, yes. The Secret to Motivating Equine Athletes. Yeah. Okay. And, and and that book was uh, – all the research and all the work up until really until 2011. And uh, like I said, we've, it's, it's a, it's a great first book mm-hmm. and we have come a long way since that time. So there's always a, a book two and potentially a book three, you know how it goes when you keep, when you keep uh, making new discoveries and learning new things. And um, that's what I love about this industry is, is, is the more I learn, the more I realize I have to learn. And, yes. and that's the passion that keeps me going. Yes, yes, and lovely that you share it. And, um, yeah, certainly really appreciate your time coming on, Kerry. It's been wonderful to talk to you, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again because I think we can go into more detail into quite a few of the different areas that you talked about. Um, so hopefully we'll yes. get you back again sometime soon. And, um, yeah, as I said, all those details will be on horsechats.com slash Kerry Thomas. But, Kerry, what's the best way if people would like to contact you direct? Uh, you know, all through the social media, there's just HT Bloodstock, of course, the website. Okay. You can find me on on, on Twitter, um, at Thomas Herding. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Instagram. Of course, you feel free to connect with me on Facebook. You know, my name, Kerry Thomas, or we have a THT Bloodstock page uh, on there as well. So, you know, hey, connect with me, ask me questions, and I'm, I'm, I, I enjoy, you know, I, I enjoy the conversation, and I don't, uh, I don't mind anyone reaching out or connecting with me on social media at all. So okay, shoot me an email. Great. <laughs> sounds great, Kerry. All right, look, we look forward to um, to catching up with you again soon, and I will catch you later. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 